This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 87, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today is part one of the DIY report daily rut log, so stay tuned. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. And this is the first installment of the, I guess we'll call it the DIY Report Rutcation or Rut Log mini-series. So I promised I'd try to get a podcast a day out for this uh, excursion. So this is the first episode. I did, uh, yesterday was actually the first day of hunting, uh, but since I had the, one of the regular, regularly scheduled episodes or the, or the normal show, as I'll, as I'll call it, coming out, uh, I thought I would kind of pause and then just do a recap today for the first episode of the first two days of hunting. So we'll just kind of jump right into it. This is going to be kind of a no frills uh, podcast series, just kind of bringing you the straight, the straight deets. So yesterday was the first hunt. Uh, it was actually only ever the second hunt that I've had on this property. Uh, this, this is the new property uh, that my, that, that my dad owns in, I guess, South Central Pennsylvania and uh, in, in Bedford County. And uh, this is really the first, you know, hard hunting I, w- I was had an opportunity to do on the on the property. I did op- hunt opening day uh, of the statewide opener on the 29th of September. I uh, did see some deer that day, but this would be the first kind of like all day sits uh, that I'd be doing on the property. So yesterday I climbed into a stand that I've been kind of really looking forward to um, that I kind of refer to as a rut funnel. Uh, so essentially why I call it this is because last year, um, you know, while I was watching cameras all last year and didn't hunt it, you know, what I noticed was all the good deer or the bigger deer, if you will, 
we're all kind of passing through this one particular area. And I started kind of trying to think and dissect why this might be happening. Uh, and it all kind of happened right around the 30th and the 31st. Raiders things really start to kick off. Uh, these deer were, were starting to make an appearance during daylight and, uh, and regularly during the course of a, a handful of days around this time frame. So what I kind of started thinking about was, you know, I know that there was doe bedding, you know, right up above where this, like, I guess this little pinch point is. It's really just a logging access road that kind of hugs the side of this, you know, what I'll call, it's not a bluff, but it's kind of a, an embankment, if you will. And it kind of goes up into like a, a, an old fallow, like overgrown field um, that has just like a bunch of, you know, scrubby trees and a bunch of brush and just a bunch of, you know, I don't even know what type of grasses are in there. Um, but it's really just kind of nasty. And what I noticed over the course of the winter in, in last year, whenever I was on the property, even during, during the fall, is that the does like the bed in this area, you know, especially they really like the bed in it during, during the winter because there's some pine trees and stuff in there that gives them a little bit of thermal cover. And so I kind of knew that was, you know, a doe bedding area, you know, what I would refer to, I guess, is that like a daytime bedding area for them. Um, and so I started thinking about why these deer might be showing up in this particular, you know, quote unquote rut funnel. And what I kind of deduced was, is that there wasn't a whole lot of buck activity in the morning. It was always in the evening, you know, late afternoon and evening, you know, daylight walkers or, you know, during, you know, last year's camera inventory was anywhere from like one o'clock, three o'clock. And then of course, until like, you know, we get into the, to the gray light. Um, and so what I kind of figured out was, is that this wasn't a great morning spot because as the thermals are rising in this area, they kind of going up over, up over that little bluff or up over that little uh, embankment across the, the, the does bedding area, you know, the bucks were probably going to stay up higher. And the reason they were kind of coming through there in the evening is because, well, in the evening, your thermals are dropping. All the scent is kind of pulling into this kind of logging road, small little like depression in the, in the, in the terrain. And they can kind of just zip through there and with one quick pass and basically be able to scent check that entire top part of the property or at least half of the top part of the property and then kind of be on their merry way and then i know that there's some uh, there's some more bedding over on the neighbor's property and they can make a beeline for that so that's what i figured was happening so i went in there and sat in the morning i did an all-day sit there and i went in to hunt the morning only because you know who knows i thought maybe something might roll through and i, I just really kind of wanted to see what would happen because of course you know, a trail camera is not going to pick up everything. It's going to pick up just what you're pointed at. And there's, you know, plenty of opportunity for deer to skirt cameras, um, which, you know, kind of happened to me this afternoon, which I'll get into. Um, so I sat there all day and did not see a single deer completely busted, um, you know, you a completely busted hunt. So a little disappointed, would have liked to have a, had a better opening sit uh, than that. But regardless, it was, you know, good nonetheless to kind of kick off the, the rutcation uh, with an all day sit. And uh, just kind of get things going. So today, you know, we'll fast forward to to, to today. I decided la- yesterday while I was sitting in the stand that, you know, there was a particular area of the property that I, I thought was really kind of a, uh, was really kind of an area, you know, a spot where I, I had had seen some late rut activity last year. Um, and I had thought, you know, quite possibly that that activity, you know, would probably hold true even earlier in the rut. Cause last year I didn't get a chance to really get a camera in there until, you know, later in the year, you know, prime time was really over, but I did notice that there were some bucks cruising in there during the second, the second rut, if you will, you know, once you get, you know, the first uh, series of does or bread and, you know, this time frame I'm really kind of talking about, you know, that late December, early January kind of time frame where you're, you know, your, your, your bigger fawn does may come in. 
So I saw a couple bucks cruise in this particular area. And this area has, you know, years ago, I want to say probably like 10, 10-ish years ago, maybe a little, just a little bit longer, had uh, had a fire on the back half of this property. So it burned off all the timber and there's a bunch of regenerative, regenerative growth in there. So it's not, uh, you know, terribly big trees in this area, but it's a bunch of really dense, tightly packed together trees, high stem count, um, and, you know, all kind of smaller trees, which would be hard to get a stand in if I were hunting out of a stand, but I was hunting out of a saddle. So yesterday I kind of thought while I was sitting in my tree, not seeing any deer, I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to make a move and I'm going to move back to this area. I also last year, whenever I was scouting, I did notice a couple scrapes opened up in this particular area. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back and, you know, hang the saddle in a tree and, uh, and, and see what's shaking back there. So got in there this morning, you know, walked really kind of slow. I was trying to observe. It was in the dark, of course, so it's not like I could see a whole lot. But I was, you know, walking along this uh, this logging truck. You might have heard a truck just pass me. I'm doing this in my truck alongside the road. Um, so I started walking really slowly and just kind of trying to keep my eyes peeled. And sure enough, I found a fresh scrape that had just recently been, recently been opened up. Um, checked it out. There weren't any, any leaves covering it, which was a good sign to you know let me know that it hasn't gone cold because the leaves have really been been dropping because it's been kind of windy. Um, and then as I you know examined just a little more closely, I could see you know some hoof prints in it where they were kind of pawing at the ground. So I knew that it was relatively fresh. So I knew where I kind of wanted to end up. I had a camera on the way into this spot, so I, I snagged that card on my way in. Uh, there was a scrape that was right up in front of my, uh, the tree that I picked to, to get into as well, got into the tree, got settled in, took a look at the camera, um, uh, Intel from the, the card that I pulled while I was sitting in the tree waiting for, for daylight to break and really wasn't much to speak of on the camera. There was, you know, one buck on Sunday that passed through and couldn't tell well enough, you know, uh, whether or not he would be a shooter or not. He was probably borderline is what I'm guessing. And so I wasn't, I thought maybe I was going to have a, a second busted hunt, which was, you know, really going to kind of be a bummer. Um, so I'm sitting there and, you know, daylight breaks, no movement, no action. And then right around 830, I heard something, looked over to my left and it looked like a two nice deer, two shooters. Um, and the one was running the other one off. So this is an area that I've been here that I've heard sparring in, in the past opening day, I heard sparring in this particular area, I caught it on camera. So I don't know if that was the one buck that from from the sparring session that was running off another deer, but the one deer went running, you know, pretty pretty quickly. The other one kind of hopped a couple times after him and then just kind of slowly walked down past me into this you know big open field area. And I'm I'm assuming they were he was headed down to either continue to chase that deer off or to head down to to hit that doe bedding area on his way, you know, while he's pushing that guy off. Uh, unfortunately, I, I saw him just. As they were starting to move, I had one shooting lane to that side, so I didn't get a shot opportunity. I'm thinking the one that I had seen, you know, it all happened pretty quickly, so I'm not 100% certain, but his frame kind of looked like the the nice nine point that is on the property. Um, not terribly tall, but pretty wide. Tine length isn't crazy uh, crazy long or anything, but just he's a nice mature deer on camera during the summer when I saw him. I had him at three and a half, so that's a good deer for around here. Um, so that was some great action. I was really excited about that, you know, they, and they came from the scrape area. So I was like, all right, I might, I might've picked a good spot. I might've, you know, read the sign, right. And I'm in the good, in a good place, set up on hot signs always, you know, can never go wrong with that. So I waited a little longer sitting there and I want to say around noon, 1130 noon, um, another little buck. This one was just a, a little, little juvenile buck come rolling through, um, at about, you know, 12 o'clock. And then about an hour later, 
you know, another one rolled through. Um, same path. They're kind of walking this old logging road, you know, right toward that scrape um, is all the, you know, the action. I saw the, uh, the interesting thing that the, 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 the more mature deer were actually coming in the opposite direction. They were coming from the scrape. Um, so that kind of concluded the buck parade. So I saw four bucks and then I did see a doe later in the day. So five deer total. Um, and the interesting thing was is today was kind of warm too. You know, it was uh, had a Southwest wind all day. So the wind was, was pretty good. It was, it was an aggressive wind for this area. It was actually aggressive for the, for where I thought deer were going to come from, but it was actually perfect for where I was set up and for where deer were coming from. So they were coming from just slightly behind me. You know, I'm in my saddle, so I'm facing, you know, forward and my back is to the, the logging, the logging road and the trees and, and, you know, in front of me at, at my face. Um, and so all the deer were coming from behind me, you know, just kind of crossing my back, uh, which I was set up perfectly for that. So, you know, tomorrow I have a southeast wind. And if that same pattern holds true with the deer movement, then that wind should work as well. Uh, anything but a, any type of north wind will basically work in this spot. Um, a north could work if I just hopped on the other side of the of that logging road or that old grown up logging road. It seems like that's what they want to use. Um, so I could hunt a hunt a north wind there. I guess if I wanted to, if I wanted to get on the other side of the road. But you know, the tree that I picked today was really was really key. The saddle was instrumental in me getting in there. There's not many trees in this area because of all the regenerative growth that are really big enough to have a a stand in it. Um, and so I think at the height that I climbed was 20 25 feet. Um, the tree might have been about as big around as my thigh. So wasn't a very big tree to begin with. Uh, really kind of skinny when when you get up to to height. And then a windstorm kind of ripped through, and so you're just kind of bouncing around up there. But I will say, getting beat around by the wind in a saddle is is a little better is better than a uh, getting beat around uh, by the wind in a stand. Just because the way you're tethered in with the saddle, there's no there's no fear of falling out. So you're just kind of riding the riding the wave, if you will, and, and it makes a little bit of a slow afternoon go a little bit more quickly because it's kind of like being on a roller coaster. Uh, not really. Um, so that's the recap for today. That's hunts number one. In hunt number two. Um, so getting back in there tomorrow will be another all-day sit. On the fence as to whether or not I'll hunt Friday morning because Friday I'm pulling out and headed to Ohio. And there I'll meet up with my buddy Chad from Exodus Outdoor Gear. And uh, he'll be coming He'll be coming to you hot on these uh, on these daily updates as well because we'll be doing hunting the, uh, hunting the week together in Ohio. So thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you're having uh, good luck in the deer woods, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, folks, that is a wrap for the Daily Rut Log episode number one. We'd, of course, like to thank all of you for listening, and if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'd very much appreciate if you'd do those two things for us. And before I shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout-out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, Trophy Taker Rests, and Dead Down Wind. And until next time, we'll see y'all. November's on my heels. Makes me proud. Makes me steal. I could show you through the door. If it's all, it takes a special knowing to call a Damaged heads, broken letters, rationalize yourself in
gang the new truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on youtube below any of the truth from the stand videos i've got some new hats beanies t-shirts long sleeve t-shirts and sweatshirts there's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro dosing adversity so head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code truth t-r-u-t-h and save yourself some cash on the new gear A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.